my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you're here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Are you a bit superficial in your faith? That's a heavy question, especially to start with. But I want you to have that at the back of your mind as we read through the Gospel today. Jesus, you give us just a few verses in the Gospel, not that much. Uh, in fact, it's not even an event that takes that long, but it packs quite a heavy punch. And there's a whole question in my own mind as I read this Gospel of superficiality. How deep does my faith really go? And if at times I suffer that lack of uh, profundity, maybe in my faith to, to really understand, and maybe that's a challenge for me today, Lord, is just to be shaken up by that, to go deeper. Let's listen to these words from the Gospel. At a time when everyone was full of admiration for all he did, Jesus said to his disciples, For your part, you must have these words constantly on your mind. The Son of Man is going to be handed over into the power of men. But they did not understand him when he said this. It was hidden from them, so they should not see the meaning of it. And they were afraid to ask him about what he had just said. So, Jesus, there are two things maybe for me in this, these short verses. First of all, it's that whole question of it being hidden from them so they should not see. And I want to understand how that can be. How can you hide this fuller understanding of your passion from them? And secondly, it's trying to understand why did that take place in the first place? How is it that they just don't understand? How is it they don't get it? Well, you say very clearly to them that these words must be constantly on your mind before you tell them about your passion and death. So there's something that you're trying to indicate to all of us who are trying to follow you, Jesus, that it is important for the Christian life to understand that you are the one who's going to suffer and die. Now, if we look at where the disciples are on their own faith journey, they've been called. They were enthusiastic at the start and they have started following you, Jesus, listening to what you have to say and being witness to your miracles. And I think that anybody is going to be fascinated by that. Full of admiration is what we're, we're told in the gospel. Well, yeah, I can kind of get that. I'm full of admiration too whenever I read about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 or how you walk across the surface of the, of the water. Surely, yeah, we're going to be filled with admiration at the things that you do. And I think this is the kind of the, the hook. They are filled with admiration at the things that you do, Jesus, and maybe a little bit less on the person who you are. Maybe we can focus a little bit too much on the things, Jesus, that you did, the miracles, because they, yeah, they're attractive. And we don't want to focus so much on the, the negative, the painful side, which is your suffering and your death. Your miracles, Jesus, draw people towards you. 
That's for sure. We see that in the gospel. And, and actually, we experience that in our own lives. If we get a glimmer of something kind of miraculous, it draws us in. It ke- kind of keeps us fascinated by by you. But you offer much more than just these miracles. You offer relationship. And in actual fact, the disciples are, are privy to this. They are the ones who are with you outside of these big times in crowds. They have the relationship, but they're they're clearly not getting it. They're not seeing the value of being with you in those moments and knowing that being with you means that you have to be with you, Jesus, even when you are suffering and when you are on the cross. And that's really where the the strength of the relationship comes when we see you in those moments of suffering, because it's in those moments of suffering that we also have our victory. So why was it hidden from them? Well, well, I think it's because of this superficiality that they're not really coming to grips with who you are for them as Lord and Saviour. Now, we can all experience this from time to time, this not understanding fully the path ahead. I can remember quite clearly whenever I was in seminary preparing to be ordained a priest that there were times of real concrete struggle and difficulty and not knowing the path ahead and sometimes feeling that there were obstacles that had been placed in my path, that came as a, a real trial and a real suffering to me to know, well, what is it, Jesus, that, that you want from me? I mean, what is the path ahead? And the experience of not understanding, it's, it's not just not knowing the future, but it can come out as a real struggle of not knowing if I'm on the right path, and not really knowing if the path which I'm currently walking on is leading me to where I want to be or where you want me to be. And most often, perhaps, we experience this lack of understanding of your will actually is something which is quite painful to us. And maybe that is as a result of our own superficiality because we're too caught up with our own plans and not seeing that our life, when it is in relationship with you, Jesus, it's about so much more. It's about the journey that we walk together. And it's about the journey that we walk that you have decided for us as the best path. And sure, I mean, you want us to to choose that and you want us to, to, to love it with our, our freedom completely intact. But it does entail a certain degree of us having to give up what we're holding on to in order to accept that it is that you want for us. And it's that handing over of, of, of control at times, or it's that going deeper, which rescues us from that superficiality. We think just simply looking at it from your perspective, Jesus, you're the one who tell them about the passion and death which awaits you. So you have this capacity to be deeply personal with them, to, to let them in on something which is intimate to you. And yet, well, they just, they don't get that. And isn't it true that sometimes when we take somebody into our confidence and we share with them our struggles or or our sufferings, it, it ought to bring us closer to them. Yet clearly the opposite is true here with the disciples because, I don't know, they're just not ready to hear it or they're so fascinated by all of these wonderful miracles that that's what they want. They want more and more of that and they're not actually really concretely ready to to be with you and to to yeah to share your journey with you well maybe there's a little bit of a lesson in that for us first of all that we we can be 
you know, open and confident with people at times to, to let them into our life and to, to share with them our struggles, if that's truly part of a, a good relationship. But also uh, we have to be that with you too, Jesus, that we have to open up to you to, yeah, to let you into our life and, and, and let you into our struggles. But also on the other side of that, to, to be in relationship with you means that we have to share with you in, in your sufferings. And that perhaps those moments of, of pain and struggle that we experience, they can be united to you. I, I, I'm reminded at this moment of um, a Canadian woman, Blessed Marianne Blondin. She's, uh, she's on her way to sainthood. She founded the, the Daughters of St. Anne, a religious congregation, in order to teach poor girls. And she knew her own struggles in life, especially in this very act of, of finding this order, because soon after she got into a real conflict with the the man, the priest who had been appointed as the chaplain to the community. And as a result of this conflict, she was basically sacked from her position as a superior of the community. And she was subjected to a real life of persecution as a result. <clears throat> she had to leave the path of being the superior and the foundress to doing ordinary domestic chores. She suffered a humiliation in a kind of a terrible way for the rest of her life. But she didn't allow that lack of understanding and that pain that she suffered as a result of people not getting what she was about to, to make her bitter in any way. In fact, as she was dying of severe bronchitis, she called that same priest who had called her so much suffering in order to give her the last rites. That was the secret there. She united her sufferings to those of yours, Jesus. And then we hear again what you say in the gospel. These words must be constantly on your mind. You're showing us, Jesus, that in order to, to live this Christian life well, it's about relationship with you. It's about sharing in your sufferings and sharing our sufferings with you as part and parcel of that relationship. Give us, Lord, the gift of your spirit that we might truly unite our sufferings with those of yours and to help us come closer to you, Lord, from every moment of misunderstanding. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions affections and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.